This is the Lead King Podcast with Russ Ward. Tactics and strategies to grow your digital marketing business, get clients, and produce amazing results. Russ will teach you strategies that he used to build himself up from one of the lowest points of his life. Now, with a thriving, growing business that just had its first $30,000 month, he can teach you to go from zero to $10,000 a month and more. This is the Lead King Podcast, and this is Russ Ward. What is up, everyone? This is the Lead King, Russ Ward, and welcome once again to the Lead King Podcast. Today, I have another awesome guest for you guys. I have Sherry Sokolowski from SLS Event Planning and Consulting. And Sherry is going to be a great guest for this time that we have going on right now because people are locked in their homes. Uh, We have this quarantining, social distancing going on, and companies like Sherry's can't put on events. So we are going to talk to Sherry today about what her company is doing during this time of distancing and um, some of the really awesome things that she's done in her past. I met Sherry through Allison Lex, and as you guys know, um, we did an interview with Allison And Allison started out with the Glazer Kennedy Company, and so did Sherry as well. So she has a lot of cool stories to tell. She's worked with some of the biggest names in the business, and and we're going to get to that in a little bit. So welcome to the Lead King Podcast, Sherry. Uh, We're very happy to have you here. Thanks, Russ. I'm excited to be on. Awesome. So how how did you, can you just give us a little bit of a background of um, how you got started in this? How did you get started with Glazer Kennedy? Just just tell us a little bit of, um, you know, where you came from and, and what you're doing. Sure, absolutely. So as you mentioned, uh, Allison and I both worked at Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle. Um, I started working for Bill Glazer as his executive assistant in 2005 and quickly took on the role as his event planner. And uh, most of the people that know Glazer Kennedy or formerly known as GKIC know uh, Bill Glazer and Dan Kennedy as the marketing gurus in the entrepreneurial industry in their day. And everyone would come to their live events to to learn how to grow their businesses. And I had such an awesome experience and a huge blessing to work as Bill's executive assistant, as well as his event planner, because that meant I was behind the scenes on every single part of it. So I was in on the marketing meetings, uh, the meetings that Allison did with Bill to, to learn about the marketing and why they did it a certain way. Uh, all about the details of the funnels that they did and why they did it that way and call to actions and the timing, as well as, as you said, the the people that I've worked with when I left GKIC, they were part of Bill's mastermind groups, like Russell Brunson and Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher. So every few months they would meet with Bill in a mastermind group setting to learn from each other how to grow their businesses. And I was a fly on the wall because being his assistant, I had to be there. So I had a great education up front. It was, I didn't understand a lot of what info marketing meant because I came from the nonprofit and corporate world. So a lot of this was all new language to me, but it was a great hands-on experience because I got to hear how people were growing their businesses and it just stuck with me. And then uh, as I did all of the events with Bill, I continued to learn how to, how to put things, how to put I guess the right people on stage when to sell best from stage. I mean, anything and everything I would learn from Bill, he treated that position as an apprentice position 
and I just I kept learning and it, it's it's been a great experience and I actually still work with Phil virtually um, all these years he's like a, an adopted I'm adopted daughter to him so it's it's a great family atmosphere that we're in wow that's that's some really cool background there so what yeah. was it like to see like some of these icons in digital marketing like Russell Brunson and Ryan Dice like go from you know mentees to what they've yeah. become today like what has it been really cool to see that transition of those guys just starting out and, and what, do, what are your thoughts on that that's a great question yes it 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 really humanizes them um you know ryan and i always tease each other because he and i i always say he's my little brother because uh, back in the day uh if you recall the I, I can't even think of the tv show right now um where the plane crashed and everybody was on oh lost so Lost back in the day was this big time TV show. And every time that we would have a mastermind meeting, Ryan and I would just sit in the corner and talk about it because we both loved the show. And um, so it was, it was like a family and it was wonderful learning from them as they were learning. And it humanized them because now when you see them be their own guru in their own right, because they earned it, it's really cool. I feel like a proud sister to all of them. And I kind of giggle when I hear Russell speak because, you know, when he spoke for us at GKIC, uh, Brent and I, Brent, I don't know if anyone knows who Brent Compadiers is, but he's, he's pretty much Russell's right-hand guy. And they've been together since the beginning. And we would stand in the back of the room and try to signal Russell to slow down because he would speak so fast from stage. He, he still does, but not quite as bad as he did in the beginning. So it's really kind of cool to sit back and watch them. And the funny thing about that, Russ, is um, Russell, I did, I did Funnel Hacking Live with him the first four. So the very first Funnel Hacking Live that we did together, he was in awe. Like he couldn't believe he had over 600 people show up to his first live event like that and the love that they were showing him because he had some struggles in his past. And he wasn't quite sure how to take it at first because he was, he's such a humble guy. And he's like, I, I, I don't know what to do. And we're like, Russell, they love you. you. That just shows you how much value you're giving to your people. So just go out there and show them the love. And, and it, now it's turned into this huge, I think funnel hacking this year was close to five or 6,000 people. So it's, it's a really cool, proud moment for them. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I actually got to see Russell speak in person at 10X GrowthCon 3, and I got to see Ryan speak this year at 10X GrowthCon 4. And yeah. um, I, I did notice that Russell speaks a little fast, but I like that because I speak fast and, and, and I relate to it. But um, <laughs> yeah. and Ryan, yeah. had actually, he had one of the best presentations I saw at GrowthCon this year. He was talking about all this stuff that people were thinking were going to be trans, and he dropped a bomb on us that um, – digital newsletters are the way to go in 2020. That was, that was his big advice to us. And we were like, what? <laughs> and he showed us all <laughs> these examples of digital newsletters. And he's like, go with this. And yeah. he was like, here's my other advice. Make a list of your top 10 dumb questions and make a YouTube video about it. And we were just like, really dude? And um, <laughs> but his advice was point on, man. And, and you know, I came back yeah. and a couple of the things that he recommended and they worked just like he said they would. So I, I greatly admire those two guys as well. Um, so yeah. let's get to, let's get to what people are really thinking about right now. Um, you know, obviously as an event planner and other event planners out there, I mean, you guys can't really plan any events for the foreseeable future. What, what are you doing about that? And what are your plans going forward? Are you panicking? Are you freaking out? What's going on? 
I'm doing my best not to panic. Um, and the reason why all of us have to remind ourselves not to panic is because we really don't know what's going to happen. You know, none of us have a crystal ball. So we, we like, you know, the advice Ryan was given from stage, we have to do our best to, to just take a step outside the box and do what we know could grow our business. And live events is one of those. So what I'm doing right now is I'm working with my clients and others. And that's kind of why I reached out to you, Russ, to be on your podcast is to let everyone know that yes, live events aren't happening right now, but what is happening right now is those that like to go to live events to learn and network are waiting at home and they're watching to see who is going to have their first live event when the time comes. And that tells me that we need to not necessarily stop our planning. We might not be able to book a venue or set dates yet, but the planning process should still happen. So I have a method that I like to call strategizing. So I'm a strategic event planner. I like to work with clients and help them strategize to find their purpose. And what I mean by finding their purpose is you don't want to just have an event to have an event uh, because then you're there, you're in game on the, what you're going to get out of the event and what your attendees are going to get out of the event could not be to its fullest potential. So you, you, you know, purpose with no purpose, in other words. So taking this time to really dive deep into what an event for you and your business could mean. It could mean building your brand. It could mean launching something new. It could mean, especially in this time right now where we're all just sitting and waiting and watching, to be available to your community and let them know in your industry that you're still there, you're still humming along, you're still learning, and you're ready to educate them when the time comes for them to come see you. So that's what people who right now should be doing, and that's what I'm doing with people is saying, look, can't necessarily have a live event yet, but we will, yes, things will be different. We will have a new normal. It's my job and other event professionals in the industry to learn what that new normal will look like so that we can help our clients navigate through it. So that's, that's kind of where I'm right now is just trying to help people navigate through it and let them know that the worst thing you can do is to sit back and wait because other people will be grabbing that up. If you're not ready to be out there when the time comes, someone else in your industry will be. And who knows, your followers may follow them because they were ready to go. Yeah, that's some really great advice. Um, and as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, you know, you've worked with Russell Brunson at Funnel Hacker Live. Like, as an example, what would, what would like the purpose of a Funnel Hacker Live would be? Like, what would the mission statement of something like that be? I know that's a huge example, but can you give us one? Sure. So um, it would necessarily be to be on the forefront of what's happening in the digital marketing world. So if you, have you ever been to a funnel hacking live event before? I have not. Um, I've, I've okay. only really been in digital marketing for a couple of years and I've gone to 10 X growth conference and that's the only one I've gone to. Yeah. So the purpose of to see Russell's purpose now, I can't speak for him exactly because you know, I'm not him, but how I saw it as his event planner was his purpose with funnel hacking was to share with the digital marketer world who were hackers, um, how a proper funnel can grow your business, any business. And when I mean any business, I mean any business, as long as you work on it digitally. And he was teaching people how to market it through funnels and click funnels was part of that. So you didn't necessarily have to be a click funnels 
person or someone who bought ClickFunnels to come to Funnel Hacking to get something out of it. And that's something that people don't really realize. So your purpose really doesn't necessarily have to be about your actual product or your, your exact service. It's there for you to offer. And that's something else I teach my clients is how to create a great offer to make profit, the maximum profit you can at an event. But the purpose of someone like Funnel Hacking, because that was your question, is to be the leader in that industry to teach people how to properly hack your funnels. And he would bring on different experts in addition to himself to give a different outlook on that. And he, he, a lot of the speakers are people, this was very smart on his part, and this is something that I teach my clients too, is his successful funnel hackers who utilized ClickFunnels to speak from stage and talk how they did it. So that was his purpose. So the purpose and what I work with on through this process, the method of finding your purpose with people is to discover what your company is all about, what your business purpose is all about. Because quite honestly, Russ, live events are just another part of the marketing funnel itself of your business. It's a great way for you to grow your brand and your business as well as your tribe. Because right. you know you have great loyal followers when you get to meet and greet them in person. Yeah, those are all great points. You know, when, the first time I went to a, a big conference was 10X Growth Conference, and I felt like I was sitting in a giant funnel, especially when Russell took the stage. I'm like, man, I'm in Russell's, yeah. I'm in Russell's funnel now. Um, you did mention, um, you, you mentioned profitability for these things. I can tell you, I've done one live event in my life, and it was something that I meant to do more of. I just, I just lost, I moved, and all kinds of things happened. A whole litany of excuses of why I didn't do more. But in any case, I was kind of torn on, hey, do I charge people to come? Do I sell from stage? How, how do I maximize this so I can give maximum value, but also make maximum money? Do you have any thoughts on that for somebody who's just thinking about, you know, doing a live event, even little, small? How do, how do you even start the thought process? That's a great question. Um, the, the thought process really should begin again with that purpose, because if you don't have that figured out, then the obstacles that are going to come your way, like you said, you did one in your lifetime. I'm sure you could think back to all the obstacles that you came across where it challenged you and it may throw you off balance. And if you get enough of those, then you're not really going to be fully into it and excited about it as you would be if you really knew what your purpose of doing it would be, you know? So you, you get excited when you know what your ultimate goal is. So purpose really is part of that is a goal. And the profit will come from the value that you are going to be delivering to the attendees from stage. A lot of people think ticket sales is going to bring you profit. Now it can be if it's tied to something else that is part of that offer. Like if you do, another thing that I teach is how you can make a profit off of a small event. A small event. So you don't necessarily have to think, oh, I have to have an event of Russell size or, you know, two, three, four, 500 people. You don't necessarily have to have an event that big for your first time. You can have a smaller event and still make great profit if you thoroughly strategize and think about what those profit margins are going to come from. So ticket sales are truly meant to help cover your event costs. And profits can come from anywhere from your offer to uh, a joint offer with some other speakers that's selling, to sponsors and vendors in the room that uh, can buy their way to be part of your event. 
Um, so profits can come from a whole list of things, but the, the best way for me to explain it is to strategize and do it properly so that you're not looking like a pitch fest is the best way to make a profit. Because if you're all about, I want to make a profit, so every single thing I do from stage, I want to sell. That's the wrong approach, especially depending on who your attendees are going to be. If your attendees are a lot of millennials, they don't like to be sold to. You know, they want value. So you, you really have to know who your audience is as well in order to do it right. So, you know, to answer your question, I have a lot of questions to be able to give you the proper answer. But the true answer is there's profit there. You just have to know how to work your way through it to, to get that profit. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, my, my first event that I did, and um, I obviously plan to do more, and I just haven't, was all I wanted to do was practice my presentation and pull it off without screwing it up too bad, right? And um, yeah. I was fortunate enough that I was able to get somebody to sponsor lunch for me and give me a venue. And I was talking to, I was supposed to talk to about 20 real estate agents, but it just so happened that a massive snowstorm hit that day and only seven showed up. So, you know, as you talked about, you you know, we hit some hiccups. However, it was such a positive experience. And I just want to tell people this, if if you're scared to talk in front of a group, because I was too, um, yeah, yeah, I stumbled through and I stuttered a bit, but I I was prepared. And at the end, I didn't pitch anybody just because I, I just wanted to practice. And, you know, every single one of them asked me how they could get in touch with me and how they could work with me in the future. And I ended up making like five grand just from people contacting me without even pitching. So I just want to encourage everybody, if you are considering a live event, I was, I was, you know, a total neophyte at this and, and I'm sure I didn't present too well because I, I'm just not polished like that yet. I still made money. Right. And I think anybody really could, if, if they do it that way, you know, if they just, they just take action, wouldn't you agree? Just taking action is the first step. Yes. Take an action. Absolutely. And the thing I want people to know too, Russ, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've been in the event industry for 15 years and I've seen all kinds of speakers from stage and I've seen people who are excellent speakers and who are phenomenal and are really, they know what they're talking about and people pay lots of money to hear what they have to say. And they have something new that they want to talk about from stage as an offer. And they do great till the time comes of making that offer and they fumble over it. So I've seen the best of speakers fumble over an offer. And and that's another thing that I try to work with my clients on is as long as you're, as long as you're being authentic. So, so you were being authentic, Russ, when you were speaking. And that's why people wanted to hear more from you. So if you're being authentic, you're being your true self, you're letting people know that you're there to give them value. And you're showing that by giving them information from stage that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise to where they want to seek you out afterwards. And that's what I try to tell people is that when you're speaking from stage, don't necessarily focus too much on the exact offer itself just focus on the value and the content because that's going to automatically lead them to wanting that offer. They're going to come back. I want to talk to you afterwards and say, how can I work with you more because you delivered that? So yes, I absolutely agree. I think that's where, and and the other thing too that people forgot about is just because you had seven people there, doesn't mean that you can't follow up with the others that didn't make it. So a lot of people forget the follow through, the follow up afterwards. It's, you know, continuing that ride of staying in touch with your list and staying in touch with those people that came or reaching back out those that couldn't make it because of certain circumstances. You know, don't don't leave that money on the table either because they they can become another part of your tribe. Yeah. Thank you so much for that advice. Um, 
something I, I, I wanted to ask you because this guy has been talked about as probably the best guy in the world at selling from stage, Myron Gold. Have, have you met him? And what do you think makes him so good when he's on a stage? Oh, Myron Golden. Uh, he is, he's awesome. I love Myron. Myron is so genuine. Um, I have, I actually bought his course um, a couple of years ago because he's so genuine. The reason I think Myron is so great from stage is because of that exact thing I said earlier, authenticity. You know, he's very authentic. He really truly has a heart of gold that wants people to be successful. And also, I don't know if many people know, if they heard him speak, they probably know he's a man of God. So he's, he's all about just trying to, to stand in truth and teach people and help them realize their full potential. And he truly represents that from stage. And, and I know a couple of years ago with Funnel Hacking, Russell's strategy was to, to have Myron help him close. You know, so he, I think he sold, Russell sold close to, I don't know, 400 or so people into his new group that he created a couple of years ago when Russell spoke. Then they did it again later on in the funnel hacking uh, agenda where Myron came back on stage with Russell and they talked about the program and they sold a couple of hundred more because of it. Um, so it's, he's, a, he's very authentic and that I believe is why people love him and he does so well from stage. Yeah, I saw, I saw Myron on stage and I'll tell you what, um, when he was speaking, people were going to the back of the arena, signing up left and right. I was like, I, I had no idea who he was. I was very new to digital marketing when I first went to my first event. And yeah. the only people I really knew were, you know, Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez. And, and that was all I really knew. And um, <laughs> I was like, who is this guy, this guy, Myron, who like, as soon as he started talking, people started buying stuff. It was just crazy. So that's, that's why I wanted to bring him up. Um, one other thing I did want to ask you about, and, and this is, um, so I had a friend who, who put on an event this past year. You may have heard of it. It was called CarrotCon. Um, Ross Christofoli is his name. And uh, he's somebody I, I, I paid him to be in his mentorship group. And because of that, he invited me to the event. And after the event, he confided some things in me. And he told me at the beginning, he just couldn't get anybody to show up. They all wanted huge speaking fees and he just didn't have the budget for all this stuff. So he went ahead and he did something crazy. He contacted Damon John and asked Damon, hey, what would it take for you to be on my stage? Damon gave him a number and I believe it was $75,000 and he paid him $75,000 and then everybody else started coming in saying, hey, can I, can I come and I want to I wanna speak for free. What do you think of something yeah. like that? Do you, do, you, do you recommend things like that or what do you just think of that whole concept? Of having a celebrity speaker there or paying to have speakers there? Well, kind of both, you know, like, cause at first he didn't, he didn't plan to do it that way. He just couldn't get anybody. So he figured, well, if I got Damon, everyone else will show up and he was right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the, the big key for that is knowing your audience. So if you believe that your audience is going to come because you've got some celebrities there or you have really high content names that people want to come and see, then yes, do what you can to get them there. Um, but don't break your budget to do it, especially if it's your first event, because you just, what you're doing is you're relying too much on someone else to bring your event to success. And you're paying all of your quote unquote profit to someone else to do that. Um, you know, for, for a quick example, what I mean by that is there was another client that I was working with and she said, 
you know, how do I outline my agenda? I've got all these awesome speakers who are coming that everybody knows their names, but they don't know me. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Are your people coming to see you or are they coming to see them? And, and again, this goes back to the purpose. If when the event is all said and done, those people are going to lose the hype because the people that they came to see was other because of the way that she was marketing it aren't going to be there for them anymore. You are. So right. the event should always be about you. The event should always be highlighted around who you are. And even if you're not someone who's a good speaker, it doesn't matter. You can have other people there to support you, but it should be about if you're doing an event, let me say it this way. If you're, if you're hosting a live event for your tribe and your community or to try to build your tribe and your community and your brand, then the event needs to be focused on you and have those celebrities and those keynote speakers come there to support you. So if you want them there because you think it's going to be a name draw and get more people in there, that's fantastic if you can make it happen. But make sure that when they're speaking from stage, that they're highlighting you and not themselves necessarily, that they're tying into the fact of they know who you are and they are there to support you. And that comes from taking the time before the event happens to speak with that person to make sure that you negotiate that into the contract and say, hey, can, can you, you and I do a recording beforehand to do a little quick interview, to get personal, to get to know one another try to even get that recorded permission to be able to share it to help promote the event. I mean, there's so many things that you can do to, to make it feel like that person is coming because they want to be there to support you, not necessarily because you paid them to be there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I do recall though, um, Damon John did speak about Ross um, at, toward the end of what he was talking about. So I, I, I really feel like, you know, Ross didn't tell me about this, but um I think they probably did have a conversation and he did buy into Ross's message and, and that really helped tie together in my opinion. But uh -huh. you know, I will tell you what, I mean, I would have, after hearing Damon John speak, he blew my mind, by the way. I was like, wow, that's yeah. all worth it. I mean, his, his presentation was just off the charts. It was just amazing. Um, yeah. But here, here's where my thought process was, right? And I'm just going to be real and, you know, Ross might not like this, but I was considering, because I, I live in Tampa, and I was considering going, and it was the middle of winter, and, and it was cold, and I, I didn't really want to go to Chicago, and, but I wasn't definitely going until Ross said that Damon John was going to be there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel like a big name would push people over the top and drive a whole bunch more people there if, if that's they're like on the fence? Because I was probably, you know, 50-50 at that point. Yeah. Yes. Um, to, I mean, to be perfectly honest, yes, it could. Um, it has, and it will. Uh, the, the whole point of it is to have a big name to draw people to your event as long as you market it properly. And the big key, too, is placement. You know, you don't want to put him, if your event is a two, if your event is two days or more, don't put your, key, your celebrity speaker in the beginning of the event. Put it either in the middle or towards the end. Um, that's the one thing that Russell did with funnel hacking that really set him apart is Tony Robbins was his big celebrity speaker for the last few years. Um, my favorite was Marcus Lemonis, but that he had, but you know, when Tony came, he had him speak at the very end of the third day. So people stayed, but to be perfectly honest, he didn't need that because his first funnel hacking event that he did, he had standing room on the end of day three. So, you know, but a, but a celebrity will bring people, 
but make sure that when anyone who's listening that is considering hiring a celebrity for your live event, make sure that you negotiate everything that you possibly can out of them and get it in writing, get it in the contract and make sure it's in there and that you have a handler or a point person to work with to make sure it happens like a pre-interview before the event so that uh, people, you could use it in your marketing, have them stay for a, a, a VIP photo session or something after their presentation, any books or so that you want to purchase to do a book signing, you know, anything that you could think of to get out as much value out of their appearance as possible. And when you do have it happen, don't make the mistake of not video recording it with a professional videographer or a professional photographer to capture all of it because you can use that for your marketing for the next one. Yeah, that's really great advice. You know, I, I see with my friend Ross, he puts the videos and pictures from that event everywhere. And one cool thing he yeah. did do was he negotiated that everyone in the room got a picture with Damon John. So um, that was that was a big drawing point too because everybody wants a picture with a celebrity, right? So yes. I didn't really mean to take it that far, but I, I did want to get your opinion on that because I, I just, I thought it was so interesting that Ross Christopoli, a guy who had never had a live event, ended up paying Damon John to come. I was like, whoa, dude, that's, that's a pretty big mm -hmm. deal, you know? Um, and you can also theme your event around it too, by the way. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, it, that's, a really good point. that's something that GKSC did so well for years is the celebrities that they had, they would make that whatever they, their, you know, they were, the celebrity was doing at their point in time in life, they would theme the marketing around that so to, to get more back to what we were talking about though um specifically about my listeners right so the majority of my listeners are probably medium-sized digital marketing agencies maybe even a new startup um i probably have a lot of real estate agents on on the podcast that are listening and, and some solar people if you're somebody who's just thinking about having a live event what, what do you recommend do, do they hire a person like you or, or what do they do Yes. Well, I'm always going to say that you're going to want to hire a professional. Hopefully that professional you hire is me. Um, but for the, for, for at least getting consulting, right. You know, that's, that's part of what I do is, is to talk through the process. Um, I am working actually on some courses now where people can really walk through the process with, with me, where if they don't really have it in their budget to fully hire me on to do a full event for them from A to Z, I can walk them through the process. It's called a, a, a strategic customized event playbook. And we work through it together so that when they walk away through it at the end, they have their own playbook where they can not only do this one event, but they can use it to do an event over and over and over again themselves. So someone who hasn't done an event yet, they should take the time themselves to sit down and write out a plan you know, what is the whole purpose of them wanting to do an event? And they may say, I don't know what I don't know, but I know I want to have one. Well, who's your market? It's just like any other, again, treat this as another marketing piece in your funnel for your business. When you market, do a new marketing piece for your, for your business, you have to know who your target market is. You know, you have to like Allison covered, you have to know the right copy, the right catchy phrases. Um, you know, what is it that is going to set you apart? And that's something that I always share with people is why would someone come to your events in that industry when they could go to someone else's? What's going to set you apart? You know, it's all about the experience, all about the purpose. It's all about the why and how what you have to offer, they're not going to be able to get from anyone else. So kind of outline all of that and then figure out how can I make that into a live event? 
you know, there's, there's methods, there's formulas that I walk through people through to figure out, is that a workshop? Is it a boot camp? Is it just a live event experience? Is it a one day? Is it a two day? So you just kind of have to write it all out like a business plan because it is part of your business. That's good advice. Thank you so much. Um, and you mentioned you're, you're working on a course. Is that done? When will that be available? Yeah, it actually is done. It's a, it's either an eight step course or a 12 step course, depending upon what their ultimate goal is. If someone is just starting out and they know they want to do an event, then I, depending on how we walk through the interview process, the eight step course is um, pretty much really all they need. But if they're truly wanting to learn about profit and how to maximize it, then the 12 step course is it. Um, but yeah, it's ready to go. Um, and people can reach out to me uh, through my email or my website to learn more about it. Now, now that you brought that up, what, what is your website and how can they contact you? Uh, my website is slseventplanning.com. And that's S as in cherry, L as in Larry, S as in cherry. Sometimes it sounds like I'm saying a different letter. Um, and my email address is sherry at slseventplanning.com, S-H-E-R-R-I-E at sleseventplanning.com. Awesome. And if somebody does want to work with you to do a live event, because I, I know I can just tell every time I have a podcast, somebody reaches out to me and says, your speaker, um, your guest was awesome. I'd love to work with them. Um, what's the process like? So if somebody contacts you, do you guys have like an intake interview and, and just to make sure it's a good fit? Like what, how does it go from there? Exactly. We do what I like to call a 30 minute discovery call where, you know, we talk through the process of what's on their mind. Um, you know, I'm developing now with the downtime of not actually physically being at live events to manage for my clients, I'm working on some other courses. So there's a lot of different avenues someone could take with me. So through this 30 minute discovery call, we would talk about what their, what their goal is with the live event and what they're looking to do. And sometimes when I'm done with a call with someone, we discover that it's, it's just better for them to become someone who's a, a consult. You know, we work on a consulting basis until we figure it all out or they're ready to go and we start planning it all out. So there's many different levels. And when someone comes on, goes on my website, they'll see all the many different options that would work best for them or we figure it out together. And guys, this is, this is not some little small peanuts person we're talking here today. This is somebody who has worked with Russell freaking Brunson. All right. I'm sure, I'm sure you've worked with all the people that came through Russell Brunson's funnel hacking live and she's yeah. worked with Ryan Dice. I mean, you guys have a direct line to Sherry through me. And if you don't take advantage of this, when you do a live event in the future, you are insane because the people that put on the best live events in this country are coming through Sherry. So don't take advantage or, or don't, don't take it for granted that she's just on the Lee King podcast. Like you have a direct line to Sherry. And if you want to get in touch with Sherry, you can go right to her or I can make an introduction over chat, email, whatever you guys like. Like I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of power in podcasting because somebody out there needs exactly what Sherry's talking about here today. And she's not just like some random event planner, man. She does Russell Brunson. Think about that guys. Right. And I'm sorry, Sherry, I didn't, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent <laughs> like that, but I, I just, it's just blowing my mind here that, that you helped plan all this stuff. And, and I'm sitting here talking yeah. to you on a leaking podcast and, and um, 
I, I just think it's, I think it's awesome and amazing. So before I let you go though, um, I do, I do always ask people because everybody that knows my background knows my story. I came through some really yeah. tough times to get to where I am. Do you have any stories you can share with us where you, where you took a beating in life and you came back just, just as a way of inspiration to, to tell people, you know, it wasn't always just, Hey, I was working with Russell from the beginning. I, I he just right. randomly picked me. Right. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, we all have adversity in our life. And sometimes we don't even realize what we're going through at the time, especially as an entrepreneur, because we're always trying to just what's next, what's next. Um, but yeah, my, my adversity story actually is surrounded by um, the Russell Brunsons. And that was a couple of years ago. Uh, when I started my business, it was 2012. And, you know, I was very blessed every year I would grow and grow and grow. And in uh, 2017, 2018, I was, I think my report came back that I was on the road like 30 something times for so many different events. And it was an exhausting year um, to where I couldn't really have the brain power to put something like this program that we talked about together or anything because I was out helping my clients, which was a good thing. But what happened was it, it, it was kind of a, I try to always look at the silver lining when I can, but the adversary of it was I lost a handful of clients and I lost them because they got so big that me as a solopreneur running a business at the time, I only had one employee besides myself. And it was one of those things where, uh Oh, I lost three clients. I lost Russell Brunson because their event went from, um, I think two, 3000 people up to about 5,000 people and they need a bigger company and I couldn't support that. Um, I did Manny Chat um, first event in 2018, and their event was just under 2,000 people that first year. And the second year, they were going to double it, so they needed a bigger a bigger company. So I lost them, uh, and then I lost another um, client that came from Russell that became big too. I had done their event for three years straight, and they needed a bigger uh, company to take over. So I was at a point in my career where I was going into the next year losing a handful of clients that I had had successfully for four years, three, four years. And I thought to myself, what am I doing wrong? You know, and it, it wasn't about what I was doing wrong. It's about how I was doing it right. And I got them to a point of great success to where now I had to focus on helping some more people get to that great success. So it, it helped me take a step back and realize that it wasn't you know, the pity party for a few minutes, I allowed it to be a pity party. And I was like, what am I going to do? Um, and then it hit me again this past year where my family and I, we moved from um, Pennsylvania and we moved to Tennessee. And at the end of last year, I'm looking at business for this year. And I'm like, I didn't get enough growth for me to be able to continue to live the lifestyle that I wanted to live. What am I going to do? So I did what hopefully a lot of other entrepreneurs do. And I reached out to my community and I asked for support and I said, I need advice. You know, I know I got the information in my head. How do I get it out? And through the great support of our community, I had several wonderful phone calls that helped me figure it all out. And now I've got a couple of awesome programs that I'm able to help others that will also hopefully sustain my company and make it bigger and bigger as I'm helping more people become a Russell Bronson. Wow, that's a pretty inspirational story. So you you literally lost your biggest clients, and you come through, and you still have a company. Did you end up growing your company yeah. to a bigger size so you can you don't lose clients that are ready to grow, or are you just fulfilling? That's on the 
yeah, that that's definitely on the horizon. I was I was at a point where I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this. I was in my business. I was one of those people where I was I was so busy where I was working um, in my business instead of on it. And when that happens, you lose focus on what your vision is. And I was, you know, to the point of where my mind could not wrap around what my true vision was going to be. And that's the same thing my husband said to me. My husband's my number one supporter, by the way. He's so amazingly awesome uh, that he, he not only cheerleads me from the side, but he also helps me brainstorm and he, he creates my website and he's just all this cool stuff. But he said the same thing. He's like, why don't you change your business to, to be what other people are looking for? And I was so stubborn. I'm like, I don't want my business to be like other event planning businesses where I hire all these employees. People are hiring me because of what I can do for them. And I thought to myself, Ooh, that sounds pretty conceited, right? It's like, <laughs> right. It sure does. <laughs> it, right. It's like, that's not a place I want to be either. So I, I took the time this past year to create a vision and that's where all these awesome phone calls came from where I talked to some other event planners in the industry and they talked, talked through how they went through that struggle too of, Oh, I'm at the point of exhaustion. I can't do this alone anymore. Um, or I lost some clients. What can I do to build back up? And they really gave me they, they kind of like it was things that were in my mind. I know I wanted to do, but couldn't really understand that I can make it happen. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. They're like, is that possible for me? And when she was naming off all these things that she did a few years ago to implement, I'm like, oh, and it's working for you. She goes, oh, yeah, it's been great for me. And I'm like, oh, well, she can do it. I can do it. So I do now have that vision that is, I've got a vision board written up on my wall now of, of all the different things I want to see my business look like in two years. So yes, to answer your question, in two years, I do want to have a team that can support bigger, bigger events um, so that I don't lose clients like that. But I still don't want to lose focus of what my mission is. And my mission is to help people be successful in a live event industry and to and to get to that point so I want to be able to, to train my team to to be a version of me to continue to help but then allow myself the freedom to do what I love to do and that is to help people get to that point wow yeah that's really good stuff so guys this has been one of my favorite episodes of the podcast and I know I say that often because I really do enjoy all the guests that I have but Sherry has shared so much stuff with us today. And if you are in a spot where, you know, things are, things are in flux, man, consider having a live event when, when this thing comes out on the other side, because we're all locked in. I mean, as digital marketers, we're locked in anyway, but some of us have like Sherry lost clients because of this and you're going to have extra time and you might as well spend it planning on your next thing. So I'm going to make a commitment here, Sherry. Um, in the next six months, I'm going to have another live event because I really enjoyed it. I would love to get my brand out there uh, even more. Yeah. And I, I just love helping people because I love seeing that light bulb moment go off. So I'm making a commitment here in the next six months, I'm going to have uh, another Lee King live event. And I would like Anybody who is listening to the podcast, message me and let me know you're going to commit to that too. And maybe we could even make a Facebook group around it and hold each other accountable because I think that would be really cool. Um, awesome. So again, guys, if you guys need to contact Sherry so you can, you can get in touch and see what this is all about, slsplanning.com. And you, know, you have a direct line to her through me. I really, really appreciate your time today, Sherry. Thank you so much for sharing everything you did with us today. Uh, it's been a great experience. Thanks for being on the Lee King Podcast. 
Thanks for having me, Russ. It's been great. You've been listening to the Lead King Podcast with Russ Ward. Russ Ward has been through everything. Losing houses, money, a wife, sued by the NFL, tax liens, and through it all has risen from the ashes. Yes, the Lead King Podcast covers tactics and strategies to grow your digital marketing business, acquire clients, and of course, get results. But more than that, we talk about the mindset that's required to endure the frustrations, the failures, and the setbacks of growing a marketing agency. You can reach out to Russ by phone at 813-278-7040. Email Russ at RussWard at TheLeadKing.com. On Facebook at The Lead King and on Instagram at Lead King Digital Marketing. And the website is theleadking.com. If you want to grow your digital marketing business from nothing to 10K a month and beyond, and if you want to learn how some of the best in the business did it, you're in the right place. Till next time, this is the Lead King Podcast, signing off.